0: The Give and Go has a new line of merch, a new season, new arrivals. We created like over five designs that I think are really, really cool. I try to come up with designs that, you know, even football's fashionistas would like to wear. Like the Hector Bellerin would like wearing, man. Honestly, one of football's top fashionistas. I hope to see him one day in this merch, but Guys, I just want to promote it because you know it helps out the channel a lot when you guys purchase our merch, it means a lot to us. So we revamped the website. It's looking good. Go ahead and explore it. See the about me section, learn more about us, but then also check out the merch, man. Pick out any design you like. We have so many different options, so many different colors. So go ahead and check it out at the link below the You'll easily navigate the website straight to merch and you'll see all the designs there. So hope you guys will uh, check that out. and. And if you don't, man, I appreciate you guys just watching this show and always supporting us regardless. What do you, like, truly, what do you
1: truly think about Arsenal potentially winning the Premier League? I think it's looking, and just hear me out here, I think it's looking more and more inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, but, but, the longer but, we go, I think just the, right. going right, to happen.
0: Right. Right. But, but, but I guess from a broader perspective, how do you be, how do you feel about Arsenal themselves? The club of Arsenal FC, a team that we've never seen lift the trophy. Yeah. How do you feel about them being the team outside of Man City and a one time Liverpool season that was able to pull it off? Right. How do you feel about Arsenal, man, winning the premier league? Cause it's interesting for us, man, being from the States, Because we don't really have like an allegiance like that. For sure. I know for people in England, it's like very like regional. It's very territorial. Like if Arsenal win the league, like the Gunners, like they have friends. They have people that are going to talk shit. They have people that are going to make it known to them that they won the league. It's going to matter more in that sense. But being from the States, we don't have to really deal with like any societal repercussions of Arsenal winning the league. (laughs) Same with Man City or Liverpool so we kind of have more of an outsider's perspective yes and i think it's kind of interesting to just think about you know how does it make you feel because i'm i think i'm just getting more and more excited at the prospect of arsenal winning the the premier league truly like it really does excite me to a point where i'm like damn like what an awesome achievement it would be for them to win it in this man city heavy era yeah and be the second team outside of Liverpool to be able to actually pull it off man while playing some really amazing football.
1: Yes. That's the first thing that, you know, fills my heart when I think about Arsenal potentially winning the title this season is a feeling of just being impressed. This would be truly impressive in my opinion because you there's so many factors. You already just said it in a league that is dominated by Manchester City with good reason when you look at how they play, the money that they have and also the players, the players that play out on that pitch with the type of coach that they have. It is make it makes sense when Manchester City win the league. Even if a Liverpool gets painfully close, at the end of the day I'm still like, hey, well, Man City just still deserved it." You know, they were the better team over 38 games. But for Arsenal to win it in that same era What really impresses me is how they're doing it, man. Dude, this they can't lose. They cannot lose. And it just when I look at their schedule, and when I look at the other teams that they have to play, even if it is ends up being against a Manchester City or a Man United, as we just saw, or whether it ends up being Tottenham, these top four teams, top five. I can see Arsenal winning every single time this version of Arsenal. They're that good. They're that good and about. when I when I when I go through that thought process and I come to that conclusion every time, I'm like, "Oh wow. Arsenal's really fucking good then." <laughs> because even like when Liverpool, for example, were actually going for that title, I'm like, Ugh, they 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 need to yes. keep it up, you know. They yes. need to keep winning. They're going to have tough trials and tribulations, and eventually they're going to have to beat Manchester City, and it was tough." But they were able to do it, and they definitely deserved it that season. But I, I see Arsenal this season doing a, going a little bit more above and beyond in the manner that they're going about winning this title. Now, there's still a lot of work left to be done. But my God, I just I don't see them dropping points. Not with the way that they're consistently playing.
0: Yeah, I think I saw a stat that said that right now, the amount of points that they have is more than what they had at this point of the season in their undefeated season in like 2004 or whenever that happened, the invincible season. They have already accumulated more points than that at the halfway point of the season. So it's just incredible what they've been able to achieve. And yeah, I, I do get that same sentiment of like, I turn a game on, an Arsenal game on. And I start watching it And I'm just waiting I'm waiting mm. for that moment Where they take the lead Or where they win it Or where it gets really dramatic And they just pull it off It happened this past weekend With them uh, Beating Manchester United I tuned in When it was tied 2-2 Solely because I knew that game Wasn't over man yeah. I knew it wasn't over I was just like there, There's gonna be Something more here If they're tied 2-2 Right now With like 10 minutes to go And it fucking happened man They found a way To to ultimately expose Manchester United And get that game winning goal So it is incredible how they're doing it. It's just, to incredible. me, heightened by the fact that we did not predict this to be the way that Arsenal would play this season. Yeah. Nobody predicted them to play this Nobody. at this level last And ultimately, I was like, damn, Arsenal just isn't there yet. They're still yeah. two, three years out from just being competitive, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, I went so far as to say that Tottenham would be the better team between... Uh, Them and Arsenal in that North London Derby matchup going into the season. You backed Arsenal, which I do give you credit for in their offense. But still, we didn't say contenders, bro. I didn't say contenders. We didn't say contenders. And so I think that's why ultimately I was just curious as to what your take was. Because the development we're seeing
1: here is pretty unprecedented for what they've been able to achieve so far. Yeah, absolutely. What really, really gets me, just to kind of double down on my take, the wave that they're on... Is it's almost, it's almost like there's like a, a magical force behind them, in the sense that like, why couldn't United contain them? Why can't any teams truly, truly stop them? And when I see wins like this, it, it, not in the sense of like the the club status, but it reminds me of Leicester, when Leicester out of nowhere just consistently won really tight games, and there comes a certain point where you reach a threshold of winning really tight games where you're just like, oh, this team's just going to keep winning. They're not going to stop, and nobody can stop them. They're riding that wave all the way to the title. And I think Arsenal are on that wave. I really do because, as I've already said, I just don't see them stopping. And I don't know why either. You you kind of already alluded to that. We predicted them being good, possibly even top four. I did. I had them third place. I think you had them fourth. Fourth, yeah. Um, we have them for sure top four, but the way that they're playing isn't surprising me based off of the personnel that they have. It's the results that's really getting to me and the fact that they just nonstop win. And I think, I think at the end of the day, when a team like this just can only win, it only leads to winning a title. It's just kind of bizarre that like, not even like a Manchester United who's in crazy form going to that yeah. game, not even they can even get a point on them. Damn. That That's crazy. Yeah, I, I think I'll get to that point of
0: befuddleness, if that's the right use of the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I see them get a similar result against Manchester City. Okay. And I, I think that's the reason fair. I brought this topic up is because we have Arsenal facing off against them in the FA Cup this Thursday. Ooh. And following that, they have to face off twice in the league. Twice. Ooh. Where easily, if Man City wins those two matches, they could be within punching distance of getting back into that title race the 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 things at stake will be insane for those matches but for me it's once i see them get three points off of man city that to me would ultimately do it just once if they just do it one time that would do it to me in that sense of like there's truly something magical happening here because yeah. there's so much there's still so much soccer so much football <laughs> yeah. that has to be played yeah,
1: yeah. i'm scared to go where you're at right now right absolutely yeah. one thing just hearing that though i wish they weren't playing the fa cup first yeah. Because now they can both check themselves when they play actually for the first time in the Prem. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, good point. It'd be point.
1: so much better if it was raw first time <laughs> Premier League relax, matchup. Relax, buddy. Relax. Nah, come on, man. God <laughs> it was, damn so it. Something that I hate is the fact I that Arsenal
0: that. isn't in the Champions League this year, man. Imagine the prospect of potentially seeing Arsenal against Napoli. Not even in the final, but just like in a quarterfinal matchup. Yeah. The two hottest teams in Europe, in my opinion right now, facing off against each other won't be given to us because Arsenal's in the Europa League and Napoli is in the Champions League. Damn. So there's a number of things to get pissed off about here, absolutely. but Absolutely. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, talking about Manchester City, uh, watch, I was able to watch a couple of their games, specifically the Tottenham game that was on Thursday. It replays the match shit, week man? seven. Yeah, God damn it. Crazy game, first crazy. of all. Just absolutely crazy game, but so entertaining, man. Yeah. Just top quality football and then a couple of mistakes just r- kind of written throughout it. Either way, just dramatic Premier league football at its finest, but I have one takeaway from this game that's kind of just beyond the overall aspects of both clubs. I want to talk about one player specifically that really, really stood out, especially in that Tottenham game, and I even got to see him this past weekend as well. Morris. Okay, actually I actually have two takeaways. <laughs> it's funny because when I actually, let me do that one first. because okay. that, That's true. When I was watching that Tottenham game and I saw Mahrez just go the fuck off, I literally just sat back in my couch with a huge <laughs> smile on my face at the end of the game. I was like, dude, Riyad Mahrez made it. Dude, Yeah, six years ago, he was a nobody winning a title with Leicester City in the Premier League. But that's how good he was. And he kind of knew that. I think at that moment, yeah, at that yeah. moment, he's like, "I'm a fucking all star," <laughs> and he never stopped. He wasn't a one season wonder, or even like a two season wonder, where we've seen that a lot throughout football, where players are good, you know, they're really really good, or they have like a stellar season, and then after that, they'll just be good for the rest of the career. Mars is a star is a superstar just from every aspect of the game. The amount of amazing, magical runs that he's able to go on simply because he has immense skill on the ball. And then you couple all of that with his ability to finish or his ability to create, penetrate, go one-on-one. Mara's one-on-one, so fun dude, to no, watch.
0: Actually, I liken him a lot to uh, Neymar, dude. Like, yeah? on the ball, Ooh, it's, yeah. it's, ne- it's Neymar, Mara's and throwing Messi when it comes to just absolute unpredictability as yeah. to what's gonna happen when they're on it. And it's that unpredictability that makes them so hard to defend because you're at their mercy. When yeah. they're on the ball coming off of a really good touch with by the way, Mars's touch is unreal dude yeah. it's unreal the way that he just brings the ball down on that wing and immediately just puts himself in a position to be threatening to the defender and so you're already off the back if he gets a good touch on you you're already on the back foot just hoping that he doesn't damage you in any sort of way and so it, you're at his mercy man you're at his mercy and with his skill set just like Neymar, i think it's almost uh impossible to defend against yeah. if he makes the right decisions
1: yeah, so perfectly said, man. You're right. I love that. He's so unpredictable, but but you add that with his ability to actually execute it. Yes. That makes him elite. That makes him truly, truly elite. And I like that. You're right. You pu- put him up there with Neymar as far as like ball ability. Yeah. He's absolutely up there. And that's the realization I had. Even though I've had it before, it really settled in because he had such a stellar game. I was like, dude, like Pep Guardiola, one of football's finest coaches Decides to start Riyad Mahrez as his winger. When, again, six <laughs> years ago, Riyad Mahrez was worth 200,000 pounds.
0: Yeah, dude. That's, man. what a rise. Man.
1: What a rise. Yeah. But, again, what really gets me to is his maintenance. He's, he's been at this level for six years now, man. It wasn't a fluke. Mars has always been fucking this and it's incredible <laughs> yeah. it is incredible that he's that he's been able to achieve what he has because so, so often in football when you're young and you're good you will have a good career but it wasn't that way for Mahrez it took him until his you know early to mid 20s to actually blossom and then from that point on man he has not looked back and he's played elite that's football true. since that's true
0: yeah he he's completely he's rare advantage of it, man. yeah he's rare he's rare but it, imagine if he was Brazilian man those early years would have been there for him then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have been somewhere like that. But, yeah, he had a different starting point in comparison to these other players that are Man City. A completely different starting point. Completely, bro. Who who knows? God knows where in Algeria. He was just bawling the (laughs) fuck out, man. (laughs) God knows where. (laughs) But he was like, you know what? I'm going to make a name for myself, and I'm going to play for one of the greatest coaches of all time and one of the greatest teams assembled, Yes. and I'm going to be one of the best wingers on that team. And he fucking did it. I agree, man. I completely agree. And to me, that game, he was just completely showcasing his skill against Tottenham mm-hmm. in the comeback uh, for Man City to get back in
1: the lead for the he game. cooked Perisic, man. Cooked him. <laughs> it was kind of sad to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but my second takeaway, um, another player profile that I want to talk about. 18-year-old inverted hybrid false right back rico (laughs) lewis what do you think about rico man (laughs) i'm so impressed (laughs) i'm so impressed man Man. legitimately when i when i was able to see what he does for this club the space that he covers for pep and this club i was like my god he's playing like he's 24 25 years old out there and he doesn't look phased either. He's got three Tottenham players trying to nab at him to get yep. the ball back. And he's just cool. He's calm. He's like, all right, I'm gonna do this move. I'm gonna get past him. I'm gonna make him right here. And I'm gonna lay it off the Rodri.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda of cool. You can, because he's so young, I feel like you can see him making the decisions. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. you
1: can see him just surveying and
0: like kinda of having that youthful energy to him. And fucking Hoyberg, bro. Was on his tail the whole game, like yes. trying to get in his head, butting heads with them, like being physical with them. He was so unbothered by it, unbothered he
1: didn't care of shit, man. Yeah, he d- man. didn't care because his technical prowess is so high, man. And it rem- kind of reminds me of Phil Foden. I remember when Foden hit the scene for Pep Guardiola in Manchester City. I was like, damn, he's a good. He's not a great winger at the time when he mm-hmm. first featured, but I was like, damn, for as young as he is, he is a solid good winger. Playing at a high level for one of the best clubs in the world at that that ripe old age of 17 years, man. It's like, damn, Foden's good for a kid? Yeah, for a kid. For a kid? absolutely. And I'm seeing the same thing with Rico, just the right back version.
0: Different, different position. Just
1: different position, but just his confidence, his ability on the ball, his decision making. It's so high level. And I'm like, dude, he's 18 and he looks like he's been doing this for 10 years. It's crazy. And he's also just so tight and nifty on the ball. It makes sense why Pep's so comfortable with starting him. And I'm just like, God, like, this is... uh, Manchester City have another Foden, but just the defender version. I'm like, my God. I
0: saw someone, some football uh, YouTube channel, I can't remember who it was, say that uh, Rico Lewis behind... Erling Holland and Riyad Mahrez might be the most informed player for Man City. Yeah, he's been playing that well for like the past four games for them. Yeah. he's starting every game now. Yeah, so I'm like, damn, like he just found himself in this in this Man City team that right now is a little shaky, mm. a little underwhelming in comparison to what they were able to achieve in the past four or five years within the league. He's been the shining light for them outside of you know Holland scoring nearly 30 in the Prem. Yeah. What a talent for England to have now. 18-year-old Rico <sighs> oh Lewis as an option now for the future and
1: for the next World Cup in 2026, yeah. man. Yeah, and what really, really gets me too is you could just ignore the rest of Manchester City's play and just watch Lewis and be entertained because his positional play is grand, bro. Starting off as a right back, But in offensive possession, Pep likes to go to a straight back three, whether it's Stones, Walker and Ake, Stones, Akanji and Ake, whatever flavor of center backs Guardiola wants. When they're in offensive possession, he has a strict back three. And in that moment, Lewis goes central, bro. He becomes a midfielder. And I'm not even, I'm not exaggerating here either. Seriously, watch Manchester City play when it's, especially when it's nil nil or they have the lead. Lewis just is free. He's like a free right back and he truly goes central, bro. And in ball retrieval, in that moment, Lewis will actually go and hound the keeper, try and get the ball back. And I'm just like, my God, like the positional awareness, not just for Lewis. But for also the defenders to cover that space or for Rodri or Gundogan to know that when Lewis is up, just be aware that that right back position is a little bit open, but it's by design. It's what Guardiola wants. How central Lewis gets boggles my (laughs) mind, bro, because not even Cancelo. Uh, for his assist type of player he is not even Cancelo gets that central but I swear to you next time you see Manchester City play Lewis at times will be right there alongside Gundogan Silva De Bruyne any central midfielder you want he's going to be right there in offensive possession and it's beautiful because when you see them transition into defensive possession Lewis slots right back in that back four and he's all of a sudden a defensive right back yeah and I'm like god that's so dope to see. Yeah. And he's 18. Just to, just to be that confident and to have that to, awareness,
0: man. Yeah, it's a lot to ask of. But I do think that's kind of always been in uh, Pep's, like, pocket. Like, that's always been a thing he did. He did with Zinchenko a lot. Yeah, Zinchenko, maybe. Yeah. I don't remember him getting as central as Rico, he, 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 man. Yeah, yeah. But Zinchenko liked getting up top a lot and also kind of becoming, like, alongside Gundogan and De Bruyne at times. Like, he was right up there, too. That's true. Um, De, De Bruyne and his... I think in one of his best seasons in 2019, he became a much more fluid player than what he is now. I think now his role is a lot more straightforward. But back then, he was allowed to roam yes. without without a limit, man. But it's like, I, I think I got I credit Pep for kind of like the awareness to do that because you see it, and, you, and to the blind eye, you see a guy just kind of just doing whatever he wants on the pitch and right. just – Like a headless chicken, but in control. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's a beauty to it. And there's a really hard role to play because if you make one bad decision, if you decide to go central, when you should be back there defending your ass off, you could completely expose your back line. So it's a very risky game to play. So a lot of responsibility is given to a player to do that. And like I mentioned, we saw De Bruyne be able to do it. Zinchenko, who was one of... Pep's minions for the longest yeah. time, but now Rico Lewis, like that is his role, it seems like Absolutely. is to just be that guy, which yeah. is just crazy because the confidence that's gonna give him once he completely figures out that role is gonna be astronomical, man. This kid is gonna be incredible, bro. He's, he's gonna, gonna be, be good. So like good. I already have no doubt about it. And yeah, good for him, man. Good for him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> good for Rico, God, bro. Man. And what an interesting looking guy, too. Mm. I haven't seen a player that looks like him, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks so nimble and weak, but he's not. It's, it's, he's got a, such an interesting body format, but it just works perfectly. He knows he knows how to shift his weight perfectly, man. He's so, kind of like messy in that sense.
0: <laughs> so, what did what did you think about Tottenham blowing that lead, and Man City just completely running them amok and getting a four-two victory? It
1: was a weird game when you when you looked at the moments that happened because Tottenham's both of their goals were kind of out of nothing the second goal itself was Kane with a crazy slide tackle gets it and it's just somehow to make a play out of it and then it bobbles in off of a rebound so from that perspective Tottenham I'm not gonna say they didn't deserve their goals but the goals were truly out of nothing it was just out of more of like effort hard work it wasn't out of like crafting and penetrating um but at that point I was like damn Manchester City they, they made some mistakes. Ederson with an errant pass, ultimately leading to that Tottenham's first goal. And so Tottenham found themselves 2-0 two, two nil, two nil up when the play of the whole game, Manchester City should have been winning. But as soon as that second half whistle blew, man, I don't know what Pep said, but we've seen it so many times, bro. We've seen it so many times, especially in the Premier League. Manchester City just lock in. And when they're locked in, you better pray that you're on your defensive game. Because if you're not, you're going to have happen what happened to Tottenham on that day where Manchester City just boom, penetrate pass, boom, penetrated pass, boom, ball over the top, boom, let's go wide, cross, Erling Haaland, where is he? Give, it, give the ball to Haaland. De Bruyne is going to find something if he's on the pitch on the day. And he wasn't even on the pitch that day because he was having a rest. It's crazy the amount of depth that Manchester City have, but also their ability to just kind of forget the past of what happened within a game and just go at a team. Because at the end of the day, Manchester, Manchester City, even if they're having a bad game, still have one of the best offenses in all of world football. And I think once they realize that, they're like, oh, shit, yeah, we can win yeah, this game. Yeah, come back. We're yeah, fine. yeah, But what's crazy, though, is that it's still the Premier League. Ivan Petisic had a perfect opportunity to get a third goal. A perfect opportunity. And honestly, I think he fucked that one yeah, up. He should yeah. have finished it. It was too good to pass up. And unfortunately, he passed it up with a just too central of a shot, in my opinion. He should have scored. But that's the thing. If that was any other player scoring that, Tottenham would have found the lead once again to make it 3-2 in that moment. But instead, it's just the magic of Manchester City. They get that third goal, and it ends three-two. But either way, it was just it was a crazy game, so entertaining. Some bad moments, but rivalled with some amazing moments as well. So it was like the Premier League in a bottle, man. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: but but still, I'm left just kind of disappointed by Tottenham this season, man. <laughs> right. They're essentially the same team they were before Conte arrived, man. Oh yeah. Which is kind of crazy to say now because yeah. we thought with his arrival. True. Something would change, bro. Yeah. Something. But they're 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 fiddling on the sixth place position in the Premier League right now, mm. and it's looking downhill. Honestly, compared to what we thought was going to happen before the season, they completely contrast our expectations of Arsenal and Tottenham. Like what we thought of Arsenal ended up being completely wrong, and they completely ended up impressing us on on the flip side. Right. Whereas uh, Tottenham, just disappointment, man. Yeah. Disappointment. I still thought they made some really solid moves, but. Offseason season signings like Richarlison, yet to score a single goal for Tottenham. Man. Yeah. That's,
1: that's bad. That's bad, bro. That's really like bad. 50 mil, man. Yeah. It's bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that really much, bad. that's bad. Bissouma, we've
0: barely seen him on the pitch
1: yeah, for Tottenham. Yeah, I didn't and, think he'd play, though. I thought that was a weird transfer. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. a bad, bad – that's bad business, getting Bissouma. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, know. though, I feel like kind of that
0: Spursy trait, when people thought Conte would – end up overcoming it has actually overcome him. And now we're seeing that Spurs curse just come into play and just continue to infiltrate the players and the squad mentality to result in yet another lackluster mediocre season in comparison to how much they've spent and what we thought would happen. (laughs)